are here to celebrate his birth. He is the one that we are to adore and to give him all honor and all praise and to give him first place in our life and in our busy schedule. Can I get an amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So what I want to talk to you about today is that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He is the one who gives us all that we need. And as believers, we can learn to tap in to that peace. You know, when he was born, and we won't read the entire Christmas story, but remember over in the account in Luke chapter 2, when he was born, we'll just look at verse 13 and 14, and I love how it says this, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory, Glory, verse 14, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. Why did the angels declare peace on earth? Well, one of the reasons was that the prophecy uh, given to us in Isaiah chapter 9 was being fulfilled. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Let's look at this passage of Scripture. Everybody with me today? Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given... And the government will be upon his shoulder. That's good news right there, isn't it? The government's upon his shoulder. Not on the Democrats, not on the Republicans. That's why we're to pray for our nation. Amen. And his name shall be called, say these words with me, Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of peace. I think we ought to just lift our hands and say, thank you, Lord. You are wonderful. You are our counselor. You are the mighty God. You are the everlasting Father. And you are my Prince of peace. Hallelujah. Jesus doesn't just give us peace. He is peace. He is the Prince of Peace. And if we have Him, we have the peace of God that passeth all understanding living on the inside of us. This peace is a benefit of being a believer. How many believers do we have in the house today? But it's just like everything else that Jesus is and Jesus has provided for us. We have to contend for it. Did you know that? We have to make a choice to walk in it. Now today I am not a bearer of bad news, but I know you've all discovered this. There are some peace robbers out there that come and try to steal your peace. But the good news is we can stay in peace because we got the Prince of Peace on the inside of us. And nobody can take our peace away from us, no matter how hard they may try. (laughs) 
So the other day, as we were praying a couple of weeks ago on ladies' prayer, and then I woke up on Thursday morning, it was just came up in my heart so big. It was almost like I saw the word peace and an acrostic for every one of those letters in peace. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And we can't, you know, we can't spend a whole lot of time on every letter, but I believe you will get the gist of what the Holy Spirit is saying as we highlight these. So as we spell peace, what's the first letter of peace? Patience. (laughs) It's P, but in my heart it stands for patience. And this wonderful passage of Scripture came to me in Luke 21, 19. Very short little passage, but it's power punched. By your patience, possess your soul. When we walk in patience, it causes us to possess our soul. What is our soul? It's our mind. It's our will. It is our emotions. And possess literally means this, to keep control over or to maintain oneself or one's mind. Being patient will cause you to stay in control of your emotions. Have you ever noticed if you get impatient or you get upset that all of a sudden you find yourself getting irritable? You find yourself getting frustrated. You might even find yourself getting angry because in your patience, you possess your soul. And if you get impatient, your soul, your emotions go haywire. They go off of the charts. A great illustration, and I'm sure nobody else in here can relate to this, but a great illustration is driving down the freeway. And you are in a hurry to get somewhere. And you are in the fast lane. And all of a sudden you come up on somebody going 40 miles an hour in the fast lane. And you find yourself yelling at them, telling them driving tips, reminding them the speed limit is 65 degrees. Why are you going 40 miles an hour? Get out of the fast lane. Get out of my way. But guess what? They can't even hear you. And most of the time, they might be out just cruising. And you're getting all upset and impatient. You've got to pass them when you get a chance and you're honking your horn. They just keep on cruising along at 40 miles an hour, unaware of how upset you are. Does it do any good? No, they can't even hear you, and hopefully they're not seeing any special hellos from you. I believe that's not going to happen. It doesn't do any good to get impatient. When our boys were little, and some of you that have kids around the same age of ours, you may remember, I believe, was it bullfrogs and butterflies? Yeah. It was a little, uh, back in the day, it was a little cassette. And I'd put that on in the car, and there was a song on there that our boys loved, because it was a, I don't know who sang it, but it was a real deep voice. Maybe it was the bullfrog. Have patience, have patience, don't be in such a hurry. When you get impatient, you only start to worry. 
And there was other stuff too, but you know, we'll stop there. That's enough for sure. But anyhow, <laughs> they used to remind me that sometimes when I'm driving with the kids in the car when they were little and that song would come on right at an opportune time. <laughs> Have patience, have patience. Don't be in such a hurry. So if we want to stay in peace, we have to let the patience of God rule and reign in our hearts. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit. If you look over in Galatians chapter 5, in several, many translations it says long-suffering, but in many it also says patience. <clears throat> It's a fruit of the Spirit. And it does not come by begging God for it. It's already in there. It's not, we can't get it like the little lady that she was having so much trouble staying in patience. So she goes and she's kneeling in the church and the pastor hears her praying and she's like, Lord, give me patience and I need it right now. No, it doesn't come that way. It's developed. And we all know there's mega opportunities, particularly this time of year, to develop your patience. Already talked about the driver. How about the clerk at the store who's just got an attitude and doesn't want to help you? Or a waiter that just kind of throws your food at you and you can tell, oh my goodness. Or the line cutter at the grocery store, ooh. I have trouble with that. I can be in a line and somebody just tries to cut in line. And you know, your five minutes is so important that you got to say, I was in line first. There's a line over there. So, you know, getting impatient with the line cutter. Rude to the person on the phone. How about a relative that pushes your buttons every year? Have patience. Have patience when they start bringing up all of this stuff. And you know that you need to give them a piece of your mind. Got a word for you. Don't do it. Don't let disturbing people disturb your peace. Jesus even told us not to do that. Over in John 14:27, and just the last part of that passage, for the sake of time, in the Amplified, it says right down there in the parenthesis, stop allowing yourselves to be what? Agitated and disturbed. There's disturbing situations that happen to all of us, particularly this time of life. There are disturbing people, but don't permit yourself to become fearful, intimidated, cowardly, unsettled. Don't let them steal your peace. Amen? Amen. Declare this with me. Say this. I am patient. I am am kind. I I walk in love. love. Nothing Nothing. or no one one. is going to steal my peace. And can you say amen? Amen. And then the letter E. This is what came up in my heart for E. Everlasting arms. Everlasting arms. When you feel like you're about to fall or collapse under the weight of a situation or pressure, 
You don't have to fall and be knocked out of life. Guess what? You can know I'm going to fall back into the everlasting arms of the Lord. There's peace in knowing that He is always there. Deuteronomy chapter 33 verse 27 says this, The eternal God is your refuge. And underneath are the everlasting arms. Underneath are the everlasting arms. God is our refuge. God is our shelter or our protection in danger. God is our place of safety. When I see that word refuge, I'm immediately reminded of Psalms 91, verse 1 and 2. He who dwells, are you dwelling in the secret place? He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Then it says, I will say... Everybody say that part with me. Say, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him I will trust. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter what you say. It does matter. We need to be saying, My God is my refuge. My God is there. He will never leave me nor forsake me. I can fall back into His everlasting arms. That scripture we read in Deuteronomy, Underneath you are the everlasting arms. Arms, what does it mean to have someone that's there for you? Have someone that's underneath you, standing right behind you. It means they're going to catch you. It means if you're tempted to fall, they're going to break your fall. They're not going to let you drop. God never says, oh, oops, sorry, crash, and let you hit. The floor. He's not like sometimes, you know, and God forbid, it's not going to happen in this church, but the Emeralds will probably remember this. Years ago when we were doing our, one of our first RMAI retreats over at Half Moon Bay, there was this really large guy there. And I think it was Tony Cook. Somebody was going to pray for all of them, all these uh, ministers. And they lined them up. And they had these two little guys back there catching them. And this guy was really huge. And right before they, they came, old Hagans were praying, right before they came and prayed for this guy, he turned around to the little scrawny looking ushers and said, good luck. Because <laughs> he knew those little guys might break his fall somewhat, but they weren't going to catch him. But you know what? God didn't like that. He never, when you feel like you're about to fall under the weight of something, he doesn't turn around and say, well, good luck. I'm busy today. You might crash and conk your head. No. His everlasting arms are underneath us. He hasn't lost any body yet. If you're tempted to feel 
overwhelmed and your spiritual knees are about to buckle underneath of you, you can be confident that His everlasting arms will catch you. One of my favorite hymns is leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. Safe and secure from all that harms. There's nothing that can touch you. There's nothing that can harm you. If you'll just lean back in His everlasting arms, He's surrounding you with His strength. He is our refuge. He is our place of protection. He is our peace. So I want to encourage some of you today. You just need to let yourself be wrapped up in the everlasting arms of our Lord and Savior. What peace, peace, peace. Wonderful peace in knowing He's always there. In knowing His love is everlasting. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What's the next letter in peace? A. A stands for assurance, for confidence. Hebrews 13.5 in the Amplified. Anybody getting anything yet? I know this is kind of a long passage here. Let's begin down there where it says, um, well, we'll just read it all real quick. Let your character or moral disposition be free from the love of money, including greed. Actually, that's a good thing at Christmas time. Lust and craving for earthly possessions. Be satisfied with your present circumstance and with what you have. There's a good place to say yes, amen, too. But this is what I want you to see today. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. And then how many times does he say this? Three times he says, I will not, I will not, I will not. In any degree, leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down. We were just talking about his everlasting arms. That ties right in with that. He's not going to let you down. He's not going to let you fall. He's not going to relax his hold on you. Assuredly not. A is for assurance. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Woo! How many of you in here today are heirs of salvation? Washed in the blood. Hallelujah. Blessed assurance. He will not leave you. God is in you. God is with you. God is for you. Hallelujah. We're not helpless. We're not hopeless. He said, I will not, I will not, I will not leave you without support. Hallelujah. Will not leave you without help. When he physically left this earth, 
What did he say? I'm going to give you another comforter who will be with you forever. A helper. We got help. We got heaven's help. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Knowing this gives us assurance, confidence, and boldness. Now, verse 6 of that same passage. So we take comfort and are encouraged and confidently and boldly say, here it is again, say it with me, the Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? When Jesus was born, what was one of the other things the angel said? God with us. His name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. When he was born, it was God's entrance into this world that the way would be paved, that our helper would not only uh, come to earth, but he'd live in us. Isn't that good news? There's peace in knowing that. There's peace in knowing he's your strengthener and that he will fight our battles for us. One of the biggest arenas where we have to contend with staying in faith and staying in rest and trust, confidence and assurance is in our mind. Would you agree? That's why the Bible tells us over in Isaiah Chapter 26, verse 3, in the Amplified, it says it like this. You will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace, whose mind, both its inclinations and its character, is what? Stayed on you. Because he commits himself to you. There's this word again, lean. He leans on you. And hopes confidently in you. If you want to stay in assurance, we got to think on the right things. Peace is a spiritual force. It comes from the Prince of Peace. And that force of peace, it will affect and it will even penetrate our thoughts if we allow it to. Amen? Philippians chapter 4, verse 7 in the Amplified. I know I'm giving you... Quite a few scriptures today, but I want you to... This is one of the main points here we're going to cover this morning. And God's peace shall be yours. Say this with me. God's peace peace. is mine because the Prince of Peace is mine. Now let's look here and see this word assurance again. That tranquil state of a soul what? Are you assured? Are you... Oh, that was a little bit weak. Are you assured that Jesus is yours? Then this should belong to us. Of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. How many of you are born again? All right. And so fearing nothing from God and being content with its, its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace. Woo! Which transcends all understanding. Now look at these two words. 
shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That peace that transcends understanding, the peace of God, it's not like the world gives. The world didn't give it to us, and the world can't take it away. Disturbing people cannot disturb your peace if you'll keep your mind set upon him. It's a tranquil state. It's a state that in your soul, in your mind area, where you can say, the peace of God is going to rule and reign in my mind and in my heart. And then I, that word there, peace, I mean the word there where it says garrison and mount guard, it's a military term. Did you know that the peace of God is a weapon in the midst of a battle? The other day at uh, Ladies' Prayer, and I don't see Teresa here. I told her I wasn't going to give her any credit, so I'm not. She's not here. Psalms, but she shared this scripture with us. We were praying about peace. Psalms 140, verse 7. I love this. Oh, God, the Lord, the strength of my salvation, you have covered my head in the day of battle. That verse we just read in Philippians said that the peace of God will garrison about and mount guard over our minds. When we are in the day of battle, if we learn to tap into the Prince of Peace, he's going to cover our head. And what's he going to cover our head with, our mind with? The peace of God that passeth all understanding gives us assurance God is with us, God is for us, God is in us, and God will always cause us to triumph. I have the peace of God ruling and reigning in my mind in the midst of a bad situation, in the midst of a battle. The peace of God rules and reigns, and I know. What do we know? I win. I win. He always causes me to triumph. Don't you like that? So when you're you're in the midst of a difficult situation and the darts are coming at your mind, our soul, our mind is the battlefield. When the lies of the devil are coming and saying, you're not going to get your healing this time. You're not going to come out of this this time. Your kids are never going to serve the Lord. Your finances are never going to get any better. Then you just take that. You take the Word of God and you have to do this. Take the Word of God and say, no, my mind is covered in the day of battle. My mind is saturated and covered with the peace of God. The peace of God lets me be assured. Hallelujah. That I am more than a conqueror. God is for me. I cannot be defeated. And I will not quit. I'm an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. Do we have any more than conquerors in here? Any overcomers? Hallelujah. Woo! I don't know if that blesses you like it did me, but I am blessed to know that. 
Hallelujah. I don't have to go into a day of battle fearful, worried, wondering how it's going to turn out. I know in whom I have believed. I'm assured. I'm fully persuaded. Woo! Glory to God. He's with me. He's going to bring it to pass what His Word has promised me. Amen. I'd shout if somebody shout with me. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? You can shout at 9.59 on a Sunday morning. That's a good thing. Then C. C stands for, I, I had, had that as confidence, but I changed it because assurance and confidence are kind of the same. So C stands for comfort. How many of you are thankful for the great comforter? You know, grief comes <clears throat> as a result of many things. It can come because of a loss of a job or a career. It can come because of a broken relationship with a family member. It can come because of a divorce, a severed marriage. Or we know that grief can come because of a death of a loved one. And it's especially hurtful this time of year for many people because it seems like there's a lot of folks lose, you know, they've lost a loved one. And sometimes around the holidays, and it makes it even kind of hard to celebrate Christmas, particularly the first year or so. I know many of you know my, my story, but um, when I was 21, actually on my 21st birthday, which is 9-11, um, my mother had surgery. She'd been having a lot of physical difficulties, and we were told that she had cancer and it had started in her colon. It had spread to all of her organs. It was in her liver, and she was not given a good diagnosis. That was uh, September of 1975. And anyhow, she elected not to do any treatments. Things were different back there and all of that. And that Christmas, December of 1975, my mother was very sick. I'd moved home and was taking care of her, and it was hard. Because you just knew, you know, unless God miraculously intervened, she wasn't going to live very long. She died on January 5th, 1976. And so after that, for a few years around Christmas, I knew we were supposed to celebrate and we were supposed to be joyous. But the picture that I would get was that last Christmas with my mom and how hard it was and that she was sick. And, and there wasn't that joy that should be there for the season. And even now, you know, that's been many, many years ago. Now, 30-some years ago, 1976, help me out here, mathematicians. Yeah, 38 years ago. And anyway, oh, yeah, actually 39 years ago at this time. And, uh, but, you know, some people say, well, get over it. That's not really a compassionate thing to say because even though it's been 39 years, the other day we were talking my husband and I were talking about it and just giving him a little bit more details of it and the tears they still come because it's your mom you know and you remember and these things are forever in your heart and so I don't like it when people try to over spiritualize there is grief there is a sense of loss when someone that you love dearly steps on over into heaven there will always be that but the good news is this. We do not have to sorrow as those who have no hope. And we do not have to allow a spirit of grief 
to attach itself to us. It's different to go through a time of sorrow and to sense that loss. It's different than allowing grief to overwhelm us to the degree we can't even function. I still miss my mom. And then my dad died 10 years later on February 5th. And so I miss my parents, or particularly around the holidays. But I don't miss them to the degree that I can't function and I can't celebrate the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it helps me even more now because I know where they are. My parents are not just in my past. They're in my future. And they're celebrating in heaven. Talk about rocking around the Christmas tree. I don't know that they have a Christmas tree in heaven, but they are celebrating the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And because of the comfort of the Holy Spirit, we can tap into what He has provided. And we can still have peace that passeth all understanding. When people around us are falling apart and they just can't get past the loss of a loved one, we can tap into that peace, the Prince of Peace and the Comfort of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I love this scripture. It's found over in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. This is who we're connected to. This is what belongs to us. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. And what's that last part say? The God of all comfort. The God of all comfort. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The God of all comfort. He lives on the inside of us. And one thing that I discovered really early on, the best way to get past our own grief and our own sorrow is to reach out to someone else. I can't tell you the number of times that the Lord has allowed me to be a minister to someone else who's just lost a loved one. Kathy, I know your grandmother just went home to be with the Lord. Maureen, I know it's tough at the Christmas season because Sloan left us too early. But I also know, I also know, do you know that we don't have to grief and sorrow as those that have no hope. He is our hope, the blessed hope. Hallelujah. And I want to encourage you, if you're dealing with some of those kind of emotions, just find someone else that you can reach out to. And when you reach out to somebody else and say, let me just pray for you. Let me just take you out to lunch. Let me just let you know that I'm there for you. You're not alone. Jesus is there, but I'm there for you too. It does something not just to them, but to you. Amen? Amen. The next verse in that passage says, Who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. What we have 
we can give away. And it'll just cause the peace of God to rise up big on the inside of you. We went a lot of different directions. We don't have a whole lot of time left here, but E stands for this, the last E. Eternal perspective. Keeping eternal perspective during the holidays will keep you in peace. Do you know it really doesn't matter if the cookies aren't perfect, if the presents aren't all wrapped and bought, if your house doesn't win the best decorated award on the block. These things, things are going to happen during the holidays that are not perfect. Things are going to happen that you wish hadn't happened. But I've discovered in all these years, all my long life now, that these holiday tragedies will either soon be forgotten or they'll make a memory that lasts for a lifetime. Keep an eternal perspective. I remember one year we usually uh, would buy our Christmas tree and have somebody deliver it and set it up. That is the best way if you're going to (laughs) go for us, if you're going to go with a live tree. But one year the kids' school were selling these trees, so I wanted to support the school and everything. So we went and bought this tree, and uh, we wrestled with it and got it in the stand. And I could tell it was leaning a little bit, but oh well, you know, it's good. So it was on a Saturday. We all got it all decorated and went to bed, and I don't know, maybe about midnight. I mean, the house shook. Crash. Got up and looked downstairs. Well, you know, the boys were little at that time, too, so all the heavy ornaments were right in front, and our tree fell under the power. (laughs) It was a disaster, especially on a Saturday night. Just got to leave it laying there. We got to get up and go to church the next morning, and I just thought, this is the worst Christmas. This is so awful. This is such a tragedy. But you know what? That has been the most talked about Christmas tree ever. (laughs) We made a memory that lasts a lifetime. And now the boys just laugh about it. Remember the tree that fell under the power. (laughs) Keep an eternal perspective about things. Pastor read this scripture on Wednesday night. We'll close with this. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 in the message. It's kind of a long... Can you go down to the next verse? Verse 17 maybe. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us. You might be going through a hard time, but it's small potatoes in comparison to eternity. The next verse, verse 18. Hallelujah. There's far more here than meets the eye. These things we see now are here today, gone tomorrow. But the things we can't see now will last forever. The eternal perspective. It's not about the presence under the Christmas tree. It's about having His presence in us, on us, in the midst of our family celebration. That's what your family's going to remember. Keep an eternal perspective. Jesus is the reason for the season. He is the author of life everlasting. 
Aren't you thankful for John chapter 3, verse 16? Let's all say it together. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him would not perish, but have what kind of life? Everlasting. Hallelujah. The life of Jesus on the inside of us. The peace of God. The joy of the Lord. The comfort of the Holy Spirit. These are things that will carry us through eternity. Because we have everlasting life. Hallelujah. Keep an eternal perspective. These things that we might be going through right now are small potatoes. Hallelujah. Compared, compared to the joy that we have in Him. Praise the Lord. Let's all stand.